One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning. Hi, it's Misty. This is Lattes and Legends, and it is a beautiful, sunny Sunday morning in Colorado. Still waiting for the snow, but it will come. It always does, except a couple years ago it did not. Anyway, hi, good morning. It was a crazy weekend, so there was no episode on Friday. I really need to get my shit together, is what. I need to do. Uh, I had a huge holiday market that went really well, but I ended up making like 2,000 different items. So that was a little um, treacherous, to say the least. So that's why I didn't get an episode in on Friday. Sorry, guys. Um, but... I'm going to give myself a little plug. If you like soaps and bath bombs and lotions and stuff, you should check out my other job at passionflowerbeauty.com. I'm actually going to have a Black Friday week sale um, that will start today at some point. So check it out if you want. If you need some gifts or anything like that, and you'll get a huge discount, which is... Um, great this time of year, especially if you need stocking stuckers and the like. Um, so I'll stop pushing that venture. Um, so Thanksgiving is next week for those of you that live in America. Uh, I am doing nothing. So chances that I will record a podcast are looking good. Looking really good. I would probably black hole into topics, kind of like I did this week. And who knows how many podcasts you'll get from me. Maybe it'll be a holiday special and you'll get three or five or two or maybe just one because I'm feeling lazy. But yeah, I will just be house-sitting. So, so chances are you might get a couple. What else? Instagram. Hey guys, I am on Instagram. So following me there would be awesome. It is Lattes and Legends. Facebook is Lattes and Legends Podcast. 
My website is lattesandlegendspodcast.com. I wanted to say hey to all the new listeners. Man, you guys are really showing up, and that is awesome. With that, new listeners and old listeners, the best way to help me out is to leave me a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, I would love to get into the new and noteworthy on Apple. That is a dream. But apparently you have to have thousands of reviews, and I have 11. So step it up, friends. Let's get this shit done. And lastly, I do have a Patreon as well. And if you donate on Patreon, you get goodies from me and um, merchandise, stuff like that. And it helps me to be able to get more merchandise made because, unfortunately, that shit ain't free, which sucks. But um, it is patreon.com slash lattes and legends. Okay, so... Like I said, this week a black hole. And the reason I chose this area that I did, which is Louisiana, is because a lot of my friends and I have just randomly been talking about Louisiana. The thing about Louisiana is this. Um, I love Louisiana. I um, have some wonderful memories of Louisiana. Um, My old roommate and I used to frequent Louisiana and it definitely is a place for people that love to um, be in history and uh, take in history if you love Anne Rice novels, you probably love Louisiana. If you love Anne Rice novels and you've never been there, get it together and go. Uh, yeah, so that's about, I don't know, I guess that's my soapbox about Louisiana. They have delicious food. Everyone should go there. I really want to go there again soon because I think... I 100% love it. Um, I went before Katrina two or three times, and I went after Katrina two or three times. And I've never seen a place where the culture runs so deep and the community runs so deep and people really stick together. And it's, it's like, oh, it's giving me chills right now. But it's just amazing how people stood by their homes and their state when shit hit the fan. And I love that about people. Um, So this one's for you, Louisiana. Because I love you dearly. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is called... Here's my notes. Scrolling down. Scrolling up. The Wild Mouse Roller Coaster. Mm -mm -mm. So sources for this one were Wikipedia, our good old trusty friend countryroadsmagazine.com which was a really cool website onlyinyourstate.com 973thedog.com which I'm assuming is the radio station in Louisiana Ranker and Reddit Um, so I have a little information about the roller coaster itself 
And then I have a little information that came from um, eyewitness reports and people that have been there and live in Louisiana, and those are first-person accounts. So I will remind you when I am reading those that it's not my account, it is someone else's. Um, because if you know anything about me, I hate roller coasters. I have horrible motion sickness, so if anyone tries to put me on a roller coaster, I will probably stab you. Not really, but um, yeah, I hate roller coasters. They're just the worst. Uh, yeah, so since it is Sunday morning, I am having a cup of coffee. I'm going to take a quick break before this gets rolling because I need to warm up my coffee and refresh it. So give me five and I'll be right back. And I'm back. Nothing like a good warm up on the coffee. And this, today's episode, coffee, is brought to you by the lovely people at Durango Coffee. This Guatemalan whole bean roast action. Guys, you've never thought I would ever make the perfect cup of coffee. Every time I use this coffee, no matter how much I put in, it comes out flipping perfect. So those guys, I don't know if they're listening, they should be, <coughs> excuse me, um, Ben, Tori, Catherine, this coffee's amazing, keep it up. Alright, so, back to the Wild Mouse Roller Coaster. Yeah, sounds awesome. Uh, here we go. So, a little bit of history on the roller coaster. First, a wild mouse roller coaster, also called called a mad mouse or a crazy mouse. This is a type of roller coaster that's characterized by small cars that seat four people or fewer and ride on top of a track, taking tight, flat turns at modest speeds, yet producing high lateral g-forces. The track work is characterized by many turns and, quote, bunny hops. The latter produces abrupt negative vertical g-forces. When approaching a turn from a straight section, that inten the intended impression is that one will simply continue straight and thus plunge off of the device. This, since there are no transition sections, as are in a conventional roller coaster, and the turn is obscured upon close approach. Ooh, that sounds terrifying. Almost all wild mice feature a switchback section that consists of several of these unbanked turns separated by straight sections. Usually the turns on the switchback are 180 degrees, but some coasters feature 90 degree turns as well as a rarely steep run with loops Ugh. So, um, their example for the one with loops is Crazy Mouse in Japan. And guys, I will put <coughs> up some pictures on Instagram of these uh, roller coasters. Hi, yay! I just... Uh, dude, I don't like roller coasters. They terrify me. We've already talked about this, but jeez. It's like Final Destination kind of shit for me. No, mm-mm. Some riders, usually among taller people, report to having whiplash after being subjected to these turns. 
Again, guys, if I want whiplash, I'll go to a head-banging show. I don't even know what those are anymore. Um, the feeling of a wild mouse coaster is amplified by using cars that are wider than the track itself, giving the impression that the riders are hanging off the side or that they might fly out, thus giving it the name Wild. Okay, we're going to pause there. World's Roller Coaster Enthusiasts. I don't get it. Why, in God's name, Buddha's name, Ganesh's name, whoever's name, do you get on some shit that makes you feel like you're going to fly off of it? Please tell me. You can tweet me. Get on Twitter. Tell me why you get on this shit. Like, why do you want someone else's life in your hands? Like, I don't understand. But tell me, please. I just don't get it. Anyway, back to the story and enough of my ranting. Some of these roller coasters may include trick track. A straight piece of track banked slightly to side to side designed to throw the rider left to right. Good God, why? Some wild mice coasters, such as the Primeval Whirl, also had spinning cars. Um, I'm going to go ahead and hard pass that one. What the fuck? Why? Why? It's like being on a teacup and a roller coaster. What? That sounds horrible. Can you imagine, like, the vomit happening on these things? Like, it's like that scene in Stand By Me is all I'm thinking about, but you're sitting on a roller coaster in a teacup. People, what the hell is wrong with you? (sighs) All right. The modern wild mouse was invented by German designer Franz Mack. He sounds like a good fellow. In the original wooden wild mouse coasters of the 1960s and 70s, the cars were so small that they could only fit two adults in close contact, while the low capacity of these rides led to long lines and the cars were small by design. Throughout the 1970s and 80s, the Wild Mouse roller coaster was nearly extinct. However, beginning in the mid-1990s, Wild Mouse-style rides made a comeback for two reasons. Mm-mm-mm. First, they were cheaper than the larger roller coasters. Second, they added to a park's, quote, coaster count with minimal impact on cost in the area. All right. So there is a little history on the Wild Mouse roller coaster. This next story, again, is first person take on this um, legend, urban legend. And uh, here we go. The rumors surrounding the closure of the Wild Mouse roller coaster at Fun Fair Park in the late 1980s were only rivaled by the fantastic stories about satanic cults running wild at Hu Shu Tu Road. Over the next few years, I heard the Wild Mouse was responsible for multiple decapitations, the demise of its repairmen, broken bones, and even the death of Fun Fair's beloved mascot, Candy the Chimpanzee. All of these tales have proven to be false. 
with the exception of two girls who were who sustained minor injuries in the late 70s while riding the coaster together there's no documentation to suggest the mouse was a murderer of children or primates uh, let's see let's see let's see Franz Mack invented the wild mouse in the early 60s in Germany this small coaster was designed so the cars were much wider it made tight flat turns that gave the rider a feeling that he or she was hanging off the track the museum park operators liked the wild mouse rides because they were economical and compact However, as larger steel coasters came into vogue, the popularity of the mouse declined. And by the 1990s, it was almost extinct. So how did the wild mouse go from beloved childhood attraction to a death machine? The answer is one simple exaggeration. By the time the folks had spun a yarn about the two girls and their injury, they had become headless ghosts who roamed the park in 19 who roamed the park in 1985 a maintenance worker at a church fair in baton rouge was struck and killed by a roller coaster he was insta installing but this was miles away from the site of the wild mouse in the early 1980s a boy was thrown from the wild mouse in new orleans he fell 25 feet and suffered a head injury these unrelated incidents all melted together and shaped the mythology of the abandoned coaster back at the Fun Fair Park. In the end, the explanation behind the mouse's closure was quite simple. It was the late 1980s, it needed repairs, so they wanted to move and close the park. In 1999, it finally closed. The owner moved Candy the Chimpanzee and many of the rides out to Highland Road and opened a new park called Dixie Landon by Blue Bayou Water Park. So that's one story about it. Now, let's. Where are my notes? Okay, let's read the other first hand account. My personal favorite urban legend is about the wild mouse roller coaster at Funfair Park. Say that three times fast. For those much too young to remember, Funfair Park was what Dixielandin used to be. Some of the rides are not at Dixielandin, and they were formerly over a plot of land near the Cortana Mall. It consisted of a rather large double Ferris wheel, a scrambler, tilt-a-whirl, some rides, a chimp in a cage, Candy, the Galaxy Roller Coaster, some Midway games, a spider game, and for some time a roller coaster called the Wild Mouse. While I never saw the thing running, I do remember it vividly. As a kid, the stories always went that the roller coaster had to be shut down because someone had their head knocked off while it was in operation. Yikes. The variations of the story I always heard were that the ride was either in motion or stopped with a cart on the tracks. When a young man stood up in the car, he had his head knocked off by a support beam. You know, it turns out the ride was just really crappy and always breaking it down. For some reason, the park didn't want to tear it down, so for years, it just stood there throughout the mid-80s, looming over kids' birthday parties like some eerie kind of specter. Huh. So, Louisiana. 
that is your story of the wild mouth roller coaster. But wait, I have something else for you. The next one is called Alice's Grave. Alice's Grave is about a woman named Alice Penny Taylor. Not much is known about Alice Penny Taylor. She was the wife of Isaac Taylor, who might or have, might not have been the nephew of U.S. President Zachary Taylor. Um, the sources I found for this all say that it was a bit up in the air if they were actually related. So we're not going to dwell on that. She died in 1859, and that's where her story ended in the story of Alice the Witch of Zachary begins. Zachary being Zachary, Louisiana. Alice the Witch of Zachary began haunting the imaginations of the folks of Zachary when the town was little more than a village at the crossroads or the outskirts of Baton Rouge. In the 1850s brought double death and destruction to Louisiana, the Civil War, and the Yellow Fever epidemic. Friends, devoted listeners what do you know about crossroads mm, that's right that's where you sell your soul to the devil mm-hmm. did she lose a loved one or become a victim of the dreaded fever questions remain but townsfolk warned that alice made a pact with pact with the dark forces that extended her contract with the land of the living so there was a local magazine um, that did a story on her and a woman named Susie Rice Grenier uh, wrote that quote an old lady supposed supposedly to have been into witchcraft lived in Zachary she had a small gate around her grave and all at once the posts fell down and the townsfolk said she was rising up to kill everyone I like where this is going, Alice the Witch. Her final resting place is another mystery. Three cemeteries are near the Zachary Crossroads, many telling the story that she wandered the Zachary Public Cemetery. She did not rest at the Azalea Cemetery, and that she crossed the plains at the Cemetery of Bueller Plains. I don't know if I'm saying that right. All three are adjacent, so some say she haunts all three. Can you really do that? Whether Alice the Witch held a grudge or is just or is just tired of her cramped confines, she would not rest in peace. There are accounts that Um, On three separate occasions, the slab covering her grave was moved, and her remains were later found outside her grave. Yikes. The heavy iron bars were eventually added to the grave to, quote, hold her in, and locals claim you can spot Alice roaming the cemetery at night, calling out for her loved ones. Others claim that she is searching for a way to escape the cemetery and go on a vengeful killing spree. Yikes, 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 can ghosts really kill you? I don't think so. Documentation of Alice outside the tomb started in the 1950s and 60s. 
a full century after her death. On numerous occasions, the concrete slab was broken, and the next morning, Alice's remains were found outside her grave. However, this vengeful killing spree was never reported. Oh, that's good to know, guys. In recent years, there's been more light shed on the Alice Taylor mysteries. Um, there's been a man on the cemetery maintenance board and a forensic anthropologist who decided to try to solve these mysteries. Um, her name is Mary Mannheim, and she started doing this in 1990. Um, and the cemetery maintenance board hoped that they would, quote, find the bone lady and they could put a face or story to the witch of Zachary. And maybe Alice Taylor could get a much needed rest. Um, so the cemeteries became a huge hangout at night for teenagers in the 1950s, about the time that the tomb was desecrated. So some people say that the teenagers were doing that and it wasn't Alice Taylor. Um, Alice Taylor was repeatedly dug up and left out and the cemetery caretakers had buried the remains before, but they were hoping Mary Mannheim could examine the bones before they were buried again to see if she could find anything. Mannheim took a great interest in Alice Taylor and devoted a chapter to the case in her book. And um, she wanted to tell the story of Alice Taylor in a not ghosty kind of way. Alice Taylor was a very young woman and not an old witch, as some people thought. Mannheim was able to confirm her age in 1859, and she was 19. She figured this out because the bones in her clavicle were not completely fused, and I guess um, that happens when you're younger, more, much more than being an old witch. She was about five foot two. Um, her hair was cropped off at the shoulders, leaving Mannheim to conclude that she, sh she did suffer from yellow fever before her death. Um, and this was during the epidemic, so it just <clears throat> it makes sense according to historic records and whatnot. Alice Taylor had been married for a year, but there's no evidence to prove that she was pregnant before or after her death. Or at her death, sorry. The raised crypt may have made Alice Taylor's grave stand out in the cemetery. It was unusual at the time and in a reflection of European tradition. It was not custom of the below sea level areas like New Orleans. Um, Mannheim also theorized that Isaac Taylor buried his wife according to their family traditions but it was, it was at the cemetery of Bueller Plains with her other relatives. Um, there are several gravestones below ground that say the name Penny as the last name, and so that's why she thinks that Alice was buried there because Penny was the name, the last name of her family and her maiden name. Isaac Taylor owned about 300 acres on Ashland Plantation in an area of the bayou that's called Devil's Swamp. Um, so that's a fun fact about him. Sacred to the memory of Alice A. Penny, 
She was born January 28, 1840, and said to die January or December 29, 1859. Um, on, the, on her tombstone, it says, Alice, you are not forgot. The stone that hides your lovely form from our view cannot, cannot hide your sweet image from our hearts. Tongue cannot tell you how much we loved you. We love thy memory still. We know you are not lost, but gone before. You cannot return to us, but we shall go to you. Oh, that's kind of sweet. Someone outside her family mines the grave of Alice Taylor at the Plain Cemetery. Mary Manheim thinks the flowers might represent the guilty conscience of a teen who has grown into manhood at the crossroads. Um... So I really want to check out this book. Uh, I don't really know the title. I just know that it's Mary Manheim. So you should look into that if you want. I will post some more um, pictures. Post lots of pictures um, of this area. And there's actually her tombstone. Which I found on theadvocate.com. And it focuses on... Um, the area of Zachary, Louisiana, and about how she could possibly be the witch of Zachary. Um, I think it's important for us to remember that um, people make up stories that, and that's what forms urban legends. It's really, it's kind of shitty to give someone a name of witch um, when you don't really know the story. So teenagers in the 50s that are now grown up and living your lives, just remember that when you start shit, sometimes karma comes back and says, hello, there you are, I remember you. That's just my two cents on it. Uh, so yeah, those are my stories for this Sunday. I will chat with you guys next week. Maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday, maybe Friday, maybe all three. Maybe you'll get tired of hearing my voice and just stop listening. No, don't do that. I'm going to go have some more coffee and go about my day. I hope you guys have an awesome Sunday. Happy pre-Thanksgiving. And again, check out the website, lattesandlegendspodcast.com. I will be updating it this week. I know I keep saying that, but guys, it takes a lot of time and effort, and when you work 35,000 jobs, it's really hard. Uh, so yeah, have a great Sunday, and I'll talk to you guys later. Enjoy a cup of coffee for me. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.